What's up, people? Welcome to another episode of The Essential 11. This episode, as always, brought to you by Acton Academy and Acton Academy Placer. And we have my buddy Alex Hayden on. Uh, Alex has uh, just a really cool story in general, um, but he's now taking kind of the, some of the trials and tribulations that he went through, and um, he's just completely transformed his life. He talks about the transformation of his body and then the transformation of his business and uh, how that's impacted so many other people. He's helped them do the same, transform uh, both themselves through fitness, but also uh, just kind of with the Real Results Academy. He's he's calling himself kind of a freedom coach. He's getting people uh, stuck they're stuck in some ruts and he's kind of pulling them out. So really cool story. He's got some, a lot of wisdom to share and he's also looking at potentially opening uh, an acting Academy up there in Washington. So I think you'll enjoy this episode. One. And we are officially live with Mr. Alex Hayden, my man. Good to see you, bud. Great to be seen. Great to see you, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for connecting. Thank you for taking the time to, to, uh, to jump on here too, man. We've gotten, uh, so we've been connected now for a couple of years and it was through a whole bunch of mutual uh, mutual friends and kind of mutual interactions but i to be honest i don't even remember i just know that you and i have gotten on a bunch of like zoom calls and phone calls but i don't remember who even actually connected us dude i remember it because it's a funny story and i'll share it real quick uh it was a post that i don't even remember who the post was but i just remember like we like I commented on something you said, you commented on something I said, and then okay. remember this, and then I was like, do we just become best friends? That's hilarious. Yeah. And then you posted like a brother's gif and like, like, let's do ninja fighting in the garage or something. That's, dude, that's, that's <laughs> so it's like basically how all good relationships begin is something ridiculous yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh. That was amazing. That's awesome, man. But then when, I mean, once we got to connect and got to chat and I got to hear, you know, your story and see what you're doing, I mean, there's just a whole lot of, uh, kind of a whole lot of parallels and a whole lot of you in the world the same way. Um, so, and I've been, you know, I've obviously been a giant fan ever since, man. So, you know, excited to, to share people, you know, share with people what you've got going on, man, what you're, what you're doing. So that's yeah. kind of how I like to start, dude. I like to start with kind of like the origin story. So give people a little bit of background of, of Alex and, and uh, kind of your journey and, and where that's taking you now. And then uh, we'll share some We'll share some top secret info um, that I know about you as well. That's kind of exciting that I'm super pumped about. And then, you know, we'll hit the questions. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And yeah, absolutely. Just it was it was kind of like this immediate uh, connection and alignment. And uh, so I was so grateful to be here and to share. So uh, my origin story is, is kind of interesting. And when I share it with people, people tell me like, oh, you got to put that in a book. And eventually I will. But um, yeah, it uh, let's see. So kind of normal upbringing, single uh, kid, like, I mean, uh, only child, that's what I mean, single kid. Yeah, single kid. Uh, yeah, didn't have a lot of girlfriends. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of girlfriends. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I grew up in a house that was kind of tumultuous. Like my parents loved each other, but they didn't really get along great. Um, so there's a lot of fighting. And I remember as a kid, like putting the rules uh, for our house up on like 10, 11 years old. Like, hey, we treat each other with kindness. We speak with love and respect. We don't yell, yada, all these things. And so that kind of was like the trajectory of like wanting, like I just, I felt like I wanted to heal relationships. I wanted to heal people. I wanted to, like, I didn't know that was like the seed of wanting to free people from suffering. Like I saw my mom suffer. I saw my dad suffer. I didn't realize it was that in the moment, like anger and frustration and them trying to get along. So, um, but fast forward until, uh, you know, 2008, I lost my mom, uh, to cancer kind of suddenly we had her for about eight weeks after we got the diagnosis and it was really rough on my dad and I, and we just, 
didn't know how to get along after that. And so we had a couple really rough years of just butting heads and, and not treating each other well. And um, ultimately, I kind of spiraled downward um, into depression, into, you know, um, behavior that wasn't in service, drugs, different things, and ultimately ended up in prison. Um, and it was it was that one of those defining moments where I, I had a it was a chaplain that I, I connected with in, in prison who said to me that he said, listen, God cared enough about you that he pulled you out of your circumstances to give you an opportunity to see that you were called to more in this life. And man, that hit my heart like a ton of bricks. And I just was like, okay. And I, I took it, I took it to heart and I went to work on my, on my mindset, on my heart set, on my physical health. I'd let myself go. And I was at the, the heaviest I'd ever been. I was in the lowest point I'd ever been. I was almost 265 pounds, um, 185 now. So for wow. differentiation, um, but I just went to work, man. And I, I found uh, a real passion and, and really connected. I feel like to the, the seeds of my purpose there, uh, in, in getting my health back together and, and reestablishing uh, a spiritual connection with God and, and just training my mind and reading and learning and, and making positive decisions. And I lost about it's like 70 pounds at that time. And I, I decided that was what my life was going to be about was being a personal trainer. I was going to help other people lose weight, feel great in their body and free them from the suffering that I had experienced from a physical. Right. Um, yeah. And so, uh, and then I, as I got into that and moved out of prison into being a personal trainer and working in gyms and helping people like very early on, I just got really intrigued by the psychology yep. uh, and the, of lasting change and the difference between the people who were able to create change and, and maintain it and also experience joy and fulfillment. Cause I also noticed the difference too. There are people that create results, but they're still not happy. Like yeah. they got the body, they got the, that they want, they got the money in the bank, they got the house, they got the car, but they're just, they're continually striving and they're, they're not content with it all. And so there was kind of some different levels along that, but, um, yeah, that's a, so, no, man, that's good. So there's a dude and there's so much that I want to pack. And so, I mean, you're talking about sustainability of the ability to maintain change and understand when, when change needs to happen, but the ability to stay content and happy, you know, in that, in that process there. And I want to take, I want to go back to one of the first things you said too. You said you're a young person, you're witnessing parents fighting. You're going, man, I don't like this. I don't like mom suffering, dad suffering. I want to help, um, you know, alleviate some of that. And you said something about putting the rules up on, on the wall. Who's making these, what, this is just something that you saw is the rules that need yeah. to be up there. I've made at like 10, 11 years old, I made the rules for our house. Yeah. Like for the rules of communication, the rules yeah. of how we treat each other. And I remember posting them on the wall. I wish I. Did you, you say know, mom and dad down and you're like, Hey, by the way, here's the new rules. Like here's what's going yeah. down. I posted them. I said, okay, come here. Here's, this is how, it, like, we're not going to be doing yeah. anything with this yelling stuff. Um, what was that received? Yeah. Uh, I feel like they, you know, they humored me and they were like, okay, you know, and they I think we tried to abide by that. And it was, you know, um, I don't remember that being like a turning point for them and then being yeah. like, oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah. you know, because we all, we have our subconscious stuff and if we're not willing to address it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think, yeah. I love that though. Um, I, I do. I love that. And that's one of the things that we encourage 
in our acting community, that's one of the things that we encourage with parents is to sit down. So like we operate on covenants and contracts, right? And so within each studio, the, the students are operating on a covenant and a contract with one another that essentially says, I'm going to do my best work. You're going to do your best work. I'm going to be my best version of me. You're going to be your best version of you. And whatever that looks like, I'm going to hold you to that. You hold me to that. And if we do that, things are going to tend to work out okay, right? I mean, that's essentially how we operate. And we encourage our families to do the same thing at home. And so one of the things that we've done at home, and I talk about a lot on this podcast, is we've got the we've got Baudreaux rules that are literally printed up. I mean, it's a beautiful my friend Kelly Steele is local, um, and she does this. Be- she creates beautiful artwork, and and so she created for us kind of our house rules, our eleven rules, and those are rules that yeah, I hold my kids to those, but my kids hold me to those. My kids hold my wife to those. My kids, right? And we have those, and that's kind of just like our standard operating procedure, and it makes things so easy and so tangible, especially for young people. So I love that you came up with that, you know, and and um, have that. that. It's, it's great, super effective. And, and, you know, whether your parents knew it or not, I mean, you were, you were taking a big step in the right direction, man. And that's a big deal. Thank you, man. I, I want to acknowledge something you pointed out about that, a, a principle from one of the methodologies I'm trained in called appreciative inquiry. Yep. And what people help create, they, they, they're much more a part of, right? So like the fact that you did that all with your family and it wasn't like you as the leader of the household said, all right, here's the rules, yep. but it's like, Hey, like let's create, I love that. Man. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for, yeah, let's create this together. Yeah. That's a big thing. And so, you know, I want to get into not just your, obviously your physical transformation was a big, a big step in the right direction for you, but it was your mental transformation that had to take place first. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, I, and I want to get into what you're doing now moving forward. Cause you're doing so much more than just training people on their physical. You are, you're training people on their mental, you're helping people through, you know, all of this spiritual and emotional growth, um, at, at the same time, and you're branching out in, in a number of ways. So I want to talk about what that looks like for your business too. But I also want to go back to kind of, you know, what you said, you got, you landed in prison, you were in the worst physical health, you know, of your life, you had gone through this traumatic experience, just lost your mom, you and your dad not getting along. So you've got all of this kind of stuff. Do you look back now at that duration of suffering? right? Which is really what that is. I mean, you were suffering during that time. Do you look back at that duration of suffering and go, okay, man, I'm super thankful. Like if I did not have that, I would not be where I am now. Like if everything, if mom and dad had always gotten along, you never get in trouble. Would life look the same for Alex right now? Yeah. Um, not at all. And I'm, I am super grateful. It's fact, one of the things I'm most grateful for in my life that that happened. Like, and it's, it's always, well, early on, I feel like it's post the event that we're able to see the the most difficult and most challenging, like horrible things that we could possibly go through are the things that like we have to overcome them to survive that really help us to see the power that we have to overcome and really tap into like that, our true selves. So yeah, absolutely. 100% that, that was one of the most powerful things that happened to me. And then, and like around the physical health and then Fast forward into 2005, I had a what they call a, I don't know breakdown. Like a, yeah. and I, I ended up in a in a psychological hospital, like a yeah. mental institution. Yeah. Um, so, and that again, one of the most challenging things that has ever happened to me, and now like also one of the greatest things. Yeah. Um, from what I learned and who I became, growing through that. So. 
I think a lot of, so I, I think a, there's a lot of things that I want to talk about with that. There are a lot of things that I, that I, uh, some kind of concepts that I want to pull out of that. I feel like some of these questions that we have here with the 11 questions are going to kind of drive some of that out too. So before we jump into those questions, because I think that's where we're going to get into the meat of, of who you are and what you're talking about. Um, give us a snapshot of kind of what business looks like for you right now too. Like, what are you focused on? What is kind of the day to day? Um, and then again, I want to kind of uh, share one of the things that I know about you that I'm, I'm pretty excited about too. So cool, man. I'm excited because I don't even know what you're going to share. It is good, man. That's great. That's um, even better. <laughs> but yeah, so I, from the personal training side and the physical health side, I loved helping people lose weight and as I said, I got really more into the psychology of that and really into coaching and, and life coaching. So that's what it is now. You can call it transformational coaching. I call it currently fulfillment coaching because I feel like ultimately that's kind of the human goal is fulfillment. We all want to be happy and fulfilled and content. And actually, I want to speak to that for a moment as I say that happiness is the goal for a lot of people. And I feel like Happiness being a, a state of being and emotion is, is wonderful to experience, but I really believe wholeness is the goal. And happiness, we can experience a lot more happiness as we become whole. But um, so yeah. what I do now is You're looking more like content. Like content is like a long lasting, yeah, and kind of a long lasting happiness, so to speak, right? Like happiness to me is seems same thing. Language matters, I think, in my head too. And so in my head, happiness is like, oh, I'm happy right now, but I might not be happy five minutes from now. But if I'm content, I'm okay the whole I'm okay the whole time, even the moment of those fluctuations, right? It's like the difference between motivation and discipline. And what actually funny, just on that, uh, something that came to me while I was running was kind of the paradox of contentment and complacency. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, we, we like when we feel content, there's this like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I talk to a lot of high achieving, you know, driven people and they, yeah. they can't sit and be content with their life and the success they've built. They've, mm -hmm. They're driven by this stuff. So I think um, like there, but there's a possibility to have contentment without complacency. Like we yeah. can be fully content while we're fully driven to achieve everything that we want. So, uh, but just to go back to answering your question, a day in my life is is working with my clients, helping them uh, connect to who they really are, helping them create more freedom, uh, access the state of flow, which I feel like is kind of what we're all how we're all meant to live our lives, um, and ultimately experience the fulfillment that that they want, um, expressing themselves fully. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's transformational coaching. Um, it's getting on podcasts like this, having conversations yeah. with people, yeah. sharing ideas and concepts, and then. Yeah, just helping people grow and growing myself. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not arrived. I'm not the guru. I'm not like I don't have all the answers. But I love helping people look within them to yeah. find what's true for them. That's like where I come alive is when I'm with someone, and I might ask the question that helps them finally see their own beauty and power and you know purpose. You know, where are the majority of your clients coming from? Are they up there? Are they are, are the last few years with up there in Washington? Are they people like where, where's. Yeah. Kind of all over. I've had some international clients, but, um, kind of all over. I, the last few years, most of my clients, uh, I've happened to meet at events either that I'm speaking at or yeah. attending, uh, personal growth development, that type of stuff. Um, and lately with the whole, you know, COVID, yeah. Thing, uh, yeah. it's just been more in the different communities I've become a part of, uh, just showing up and just yeah. loving on people, seeing how I might be able to serve them, seeing what's going on in their life and, and how we might be able to create more freedom and more possibility and more yeah. fulfillment in their life. So, cool. yeah. 
And one of the ways that I know you are expanding, because this is what we've, we have, uh, you and I kind of kicked around not too long ago as well is, and, and this is the part that I was super excited about too, is that you yeah. and your wife are looking at expanding that, not just to the people that you are working with on the day-to-day basis right now, but expanding it to your community in general and, and expanding that same kind of mindset into the youth as well. And so I know you guys are looking at and considering, um, you know, running an Acton Academy up there too, which is super uh, exciting for me. Obviously I'm very biased in that, but um, you know, that is something where I take a look at our network and we've got about, you know, I think we're approaching about 15,000 applications worldwide to open these right, and so we're we're going to be yeah. a little over 200 here at the at the end of um, as we come into the fall of 2020, which is awesome. We really want to make a push to get a strong thousand owners globally, um, and we've got a wide pool of people to to dive into, you know. And so hearing that you guys are doing that, that was something that I definitely. Um, you know, as much influence, so to speak, as anybody can have in a network of people who are just all on the same mission. Um, you know, I'm definitely wanting to put in a good word. I'm excited that you guys are exploring that opportunity. I'm excited for you, excited for that community as well. Dude, so am I, man. My wife and I, when I, when you and I had that conversation, it was just, it became so clear in that moment that it was like, yes, this is a calling on my heart. I felt like it's a calling, you know, a divine calling to, and you know, when I brought that home to my wife, she's like, yes, like, and yeah. we're, you know, we did the application that night. We're going through the book. We're, we're taking the steps. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, what came to mind was I, I the book, uh, Acres of Diamonds. Have you I have read not that read book? You're familiar? It's an old, like, you know, positive personal development book, but, and I didn't even finish the whole thing, but I, just the idea of it, I started the book is that like, literally oftentimes we feel like we got to you know, expand our business globally and do all these things, but right in our backyard, like there's just acres of diamonds and there are people, which I believe every one of us has that, that divine spark, that, that potential for just greatness and, and we can connect and collaborate and unlock each other's light. Yeah. So, you know, now having kids, like having a three-year-old and seeing her grow and flourish, like I want to create the best possible environment for her to just fully you know, develop and express herself. And that's why it's going to work. Like it's that, right? I mean, I'm a big believer in the, you know, everybody wants to change the world, right? But you change the world by changing your world. I mean, I I really think that's the, that's the way it goes, right? And you can expansion stuff. That's great. That happens for something. I mean, fantastic. You're part of an, you know, acting and included is, is a network that is changing the world. We are global, but it's, it's based on each individual taking care of that individual responsibility to change his or her world. And there is no better motivation than doing so for your own kiddos, right? For the, for the young heroes in your life, like that's why it works. And that is one of the things that really separates us as a network. It's not just that continuous feedback loop of everybody trying to help each other and get better. And nobody's got this authoritarian position, right? We're all in a level playing field saying, Hey, try this. You try this. I'm going to try to get better here. How can I help you get better there? We're all doing that. But at the root of it, we're doing it for our own kids. And that's why it works. That's why we're so effective. That's why we're willing to change when times need to be changed because it's our own flesh and blood right? That's ultimately at the root of this thing. And that's why you guys are going to be successful in that, man. Awesome, man. Yeah. Someone told me while you were saying that, like we, you know, change, change your, your world first, your world before you can really change the world. Yeah. And even before that is like changing yourself. Yeah, and, and like one of the big things I wanted to make sure that we talked to today is a, is a concept that came to me is, you know, 
you and I are pretty into the personal development, positive psychology, reading books, growing, getting better. And as people enter that world, or no matter how long they've been in the world, in that world of, of growth and development, and I think it's one of the most important distinctions to know is that this personal development whole realm can be a cleverly disguised version of self-rejection. Mm. And so as we grow and become better, and when we say change ourselves, yeah. it's really more of a, a remembering and reconnecting to what's already there, the beauty and the, the, the power and like who you really are. And it's like shedding those layers yeah. of, of yeah. Know, security and, and beliefs that don't serve that were kind of piled on us by what happened or decisions we made. So yeah, a lot of times, it's, a lot of times it's just chipping away the garbage, right? Chipping away the garbage right. accumulated. I mean, a lot of times that's, that's just as valuable, if not more valuable, cause it's necessary, right? You're chipping away to get to the real foundation so that you can, you can keep going. I mean, I think that's absolutely, it. there's just as much power in shedding the old garbage that's in your head as there is acquiring the new information, the new skills, whatever that is, and the new relationships, all of that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just like, if you continue to go out and just acquire new information, but like there's like garbage on your life, oh, yeah. it's just going to be, you're trying to prove your worth and value that you're not connected to. That's a whole different, that's a whole yeah. different deal. That's a whole different deal. Then you're ego driven. Then you're just trying to prove to somebody something else and, and trying to show yourself as something when you're still struggling with all this stuff over here. And ultimately over time, I mean, the, the reality is that gets exposed, right? I don't care who you are. That stuff gets exposed. If you still have that garbage, that you're dealing with and everybody's got stuff that they're coming to the table with. If you still have that though, that you're dealing with, doesn't matter what element of success, all of that's going to end up coming out. It's going to get exposed. I mean, it just does. It's exposed somewhere, whether it's publicly, whether it's privately in your own, you know, your life with your relationships, with your, you know, your significant other, your kids, whatever it ends up coming out, man. I mean, that's just the reality. And, and bringing it back to the challenging circumstances, that's probably been the thing that has challenged me the most is discovering that for myself where I've been kind of blind to my own, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So being driven by ego and wanting to look yeah. good and prove my worth and value, like that's, that's all stuff I've been growing through in the last few years. That's just been so freeing for me. That's awesome, man. I love that. So, so on this journey, and this is where I think it's a good time to kind of go in and use the questions to kind of, um, help us facilitate this too. So mm -hmm. who along this, you, you've had obviously this crazy trajectory of growth, right? And it's looked, yeah. you know, and you've gotten to have this crazy tra tra trajectory because not only are you are you kind of doing things right now that a lot of people don't ever take, you know, the opportunity or the risk or the chance to do and impact so many, but you also had the opportunity, honestly, the good fortune, the opportunity to start from maybe a lower low than a lot of people ever get to as well. Right. So it makes that, that line all the greater. So who's inspired you along the way? Who's somebody that you look to and say, look, these are, these were inspiration, you know, inspirational people. These were mentors, however you want to put it. Yeah, absolutely. So got to start with the, the number one where when it, so kind of the, the whole thing turned positive too when I found uh, selling Cutco knives and it was just briefly, I started selling Cutco knives when I was 18 years old, like right out of high school. And I had yep. like five years of personal development yep. and growth and like, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30, I'm going to retire yep. my parents, all that stuff. And then I had that, you know, kind of yep. breakdown in 2005 and I kind of had my five years of personal destruction. Right. Um, but then when I had that moment in prison, turned it back around, it's been like the last 10 years of growth. But going back to the very beginning, it was when I was introduced to Tony Robbins when I was around 18 years sure. old. And his books, his CDs, that stuff just completely opened my mind. And I realized now it was a bit of an ego desire, but I was like, that's it. I'm going to be a motivational speaker. I'm going to be the guy 
talking to people, changing their lives. And now yeah. that I do that, I see it's not, it's not about me, right? But um, it's it's really about you know what's possible for them. But so it's yeah. Tony Robbins, and then more recently, uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza uh, has been a really yeah. uh, amazing guy to to study and learn from. Um, and then very recently as well, uh, Dr. David Hawkins uh, wrote uh, Power Versus Force and Letting Go, two incredible books that are like integral into the work that I do with people and helping them understand uh, really the scale of consciousness and, and how their being affects the way that they are able to create the reality that they are experiencing. Uh, and so... Uh, and then I got to put one more in there and there's, there's obviously there's, oh, I'm sure there's a ton. Whole, a whole host, but music is something that really moves yeah. me and yeah. I'm very passionate about and I'm working on creating. But one of my favorite artists is a guy named Andy Minio and okay. he's a Christian rapper. And I found this genre of Christian rap maybe five years ago and I've just been loving it. And so I'm very conscious about the inputs now that I allow yeah. into my world. Yeah. So I love rap music, but and I grew up on it, but a lot of it's just kind of not really uh, uplifting or inspiring or enlightening, but Andy and, and many other like him are. And uh, there's just, I get so much power and, and I, I'm able to connect to who I really am when I, I hear songs that he and other artists make that just, you know, they, they touch that spark of the divine yeah, in you, they make you come alive. Do you, do you, this is kind of an offshoot, but do you, do you ever, um, like, do you have certain music that you go to in certain times like certain times of the day like if you're doing certain activities certain i mean obviously people i think most often related to like workout you know like oh this is what i listen to when i work out but like when you're working maybe you listen to to him and when you're in, doing something else that requires kind of a different mood do you use music in that way or respond to music in that way and that's just more of a, a yeah. curiosity because i'm i i definitely do that so yeah totally like i've got a a playlist I call my anthems and all it's on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. I'll actually share that with you as a link and people can check out. It'll introduce them to awesome. a whole list of positive artists that I love. But just like even yesterday, like as positive and like growth minded and connected to who I am, like I have moments of dips and yesterday I got myself into just this vicious cycle of thinking and feeling. And I, yeah. I was like, okay, you know what? All right. I, I'm, I'm aware of it. Yeah. So I went to work out and I listened to some NF. Now, NF is is also a Christian rapper. Okay. He he's a little bit different tone and energy, and he's he's very he's he's processing his pain through his music. Gotcha. And gotcha. so when you're in a, a kind of a downer, a darker place, and if someone comes in, they're like, hey, they're all yeah. bright and positive. Yeah. Like, you kind of be a little incongruent. So you kind of need to find your where you're at, find some vibration that speaks yeah. to you there. And so yeah, but like when I'm working, I just want another quick tip. There's a, an app called uh, a brain FM that I love that has okay. all of these different, cause it's tough for me to like work if I'm doing creative work or, you know, writing or most of the work that I'm doing other than conversation is either it's creation, it's content creation, yeah. it's writing. Um, and so I use brain FM and they got a focus creative. Um, they've also got meditate, sleep, relax. There's a bunch of different kind of yeah. states that you can enter and they've got this music that's like engineered to help your brain enter those, those, very cool uh, so i love that but that's uh, awesome that's yeah. very cool no i love that i i'm definitely that way i need i need to and i think because 
what I think is interesting about it is the level of self-awareness that you kind of need. And I think this is something that takes, you know, years and years of just kind of paying attention, but paying attention to what is my mood right now? What is the task that I'm trying to accomplish? And then I'm the kind of, I have so much going on in my brain that a lot of times music helps me just focus on whatever it is that I've got going on right now. My wife knows if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm done. Like if I wake up and I've had, you know, more than like an hour of sleep and something wakes me up, I'm toast. I won't go back to bed. Um, like I won't, like I'm done for the day because my brain starts going, okay, now what's next and what's the, you know? And so one of the only ways to combat that are there certain types of music that sometimes I can get myself to focus and concentrate on something that might get a couple more hours of sleep that way. Um, but I do that no matter what, whatever the mood looks like, whether it's, you know, I kind of take that and go, okay, now what do I need to get done? And here's some music that I kind of play that kind of helps me kind of get into the state that I need to be. And it's, I mean, that almost, as I say it out loud, I'm sure that's like an issue and there's like some neuroses that's going on there, but I'm just curious to see if there's any other people as neurotic as me about that. So yeah, but uh, it makes sense. I've talked to a lot of people who, who, and I, I resonate with that personally. Yeah. Like I've had that, I feel like I've, I've gained certain amounts of freedom from that. And I yeah. we could definitely talk about that more, you know, but uh, yeah, that's, that's a, I think for driven people who, who have connected to, to their light and, and it's just shining. It's like, how do you put the nightcap on that thing? And just like, <laughs> let the, let the brain just quiet down for a minute. So sure. yeah, I think meditation is a huge thing. Yeah. Um, that book letting go has, has really served me powerfully the pathway to surrender. But, um, but so yeah. Talk about, and as you, so as you come through this, you know, the next question is really about developing self-confidence, right? And so, yeah. um, you know, to go from somebody who's, who is, you know, you're struggling and you're having kind of this breakdown, right? And you're talking about having a, a mental breakdown to where I know you're standing in front. I've talked to you before some of your um, speeches too and taking a look. At, so like you're standing up in front of a lot of people and you're helping a lot of people by sharing your story, right? And, and as a speaker, like there's an element of confidence that you've got to have to be able to do that. Not saying you're not nervous or whatever, but so what does that journey of self-confidence look like for you? Is that something you're still working on? Um, you know, talk to that a little bit. Dude, I love it. Yeah, confidence. Uh, first off, I, I believe now an understanding I have is confidence is an action. It's not necessarily just a feeling, right? And and I think that oftentimes we we see other people doing things that we want to do, and we're like, oh man, they're just so confident. But I mean, you're as a speaker, you know this, and maybe after you know hundred times, or your confidence yeah. level is different. But um, I think there's a, a definite progression um, in in developing the confidence that ultimately that, um, but it's still, I believe it's an ongoing process. And I think the way that we develop confidence is we step into what scares us and what also calls us powerfully into being the best version of ourselves. We step into that. If we have that urge, that, that kind of desire, that inclination to do something right, to make a difference in the world, to be something. And we can either let the fear stop us and and distract ourselves with you know video games or something else or we can actually take a step in that and realize that confidence is moving forward it's an action with discomfort it's it's choosing to allow yourself to be comfortable to a degree while discomfort is present and and kind of befriending the fear like yep. the useful fear that that moves us in the direction and there's a a great another resource here great app called lucid mental training and they do a whole thing on confidence. I've grown so much in my understanding of confidence from that yeah. and kind of the three levels of confidence. Number one, there's shaky confidence, right? Shaky confidence is when we base our confidence, the way we feel about ourselves on the outside results that are happening, right? And that's the things that are outside of our control. 
and that shaky confidence. Level two is we move up to stable confidence. And that's where we base our confidence based on following the steps in the process and being uncomfortable, like being comfortable, being uncomfortable and just moving forward towards what we ultimately want to do. Right. And so that's stable confidence. And, and the difference between those two is just a choice. It's a choice, choice to bring the, the locus of control of what of who I am and the confidence that I experience from outside to inside. And then ultimately doing that long enough, we develop third level, which is supreme confidence, where like when you've done something a hundred times and you've, you've now received the results because you were focused on the inside and just moving forward, even with that feeling of fear um, and uncomfort or discomfort, then now you like, when you go on stage, it's a little different thing than when I go on stage, right? You've, you've done it so many more times. So, um, so yeah, I love talking yeah, about that's that. That's really cool. No, I like that. So where, so where right now are you still in kind of like the shaky confidence stage? Like what oh, is still, yeah. what is still slightly uncomfortable for you? And this is kind of the, um, you know, the, the, <clears throat> the question they have around, uh, anxiety and what's kind of still, so what is still kind of giving you a little bit of that? Like, Ooh, I'm still a little nervous right here, but I'm going to go ahead and, and I'm going to push through and, and kind of move forward where, yeah. Where, so like, um, things like this leading up to an interview like this, yeah. um, you know, where I'm speaking publicly, uh, any, any sort of speaking engagement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like from a professional, it's, it's really like pursuing the things that are, that are deep, like my deepest calling. It's like writing the book and it's, yeah. you know, building the business that I know that I'm capable and called to do. Uh, so it's those things, but I want to give a personal example here. Cause this was just really real. Uh, a couple weeks ago, my daughter and I were out playing in the neighborhood, you know, and these other kids are around and we're playing and, and this guy just like comes out of the, like he's sitting in his front yard. He comes running out, screaming at us. Right. He, and he's like too close, too close because of the whole, you know, my kids were too close to his kids, whatever. And, and it was like, Whoa. And like, I just, I got like really kind of triggered. Um, and we, you know, we're like, okay, we walked away a couple days later. Uh, we're heading out the door guys in the, in the front yard and my daughter three years old is like dad are you going to talk to the guy that yelled at us and i was like i am i am and my heart is just beating yeah. like yeah. You know, that that confrontation but like you know you need to do it yeah right? yeah and, uh, so i walked down this hill and this guy like i think he might have been drinking i don't know what it was but uh i go down there and, and she's like dad and she like she coached me it was beautiful she's like daddy i don't want you to be serious with me. she's like i don't want you to yell at him and i was like okay honey i'm going to talk to him from love, you know, I'm going to be nice to him. Yeah. And, uh, we had this conversation. I said, Hey, you know, come on. I need to, need to chat with you. And he's, and, you know, I said, Hey, like, you know, whatever you want to say to me, like, and it was just confronting that, yep. um, like, you know, I can't have you yelling at my kid. Yep. Right. Like, and he, he ended up apologizing and like, we had a really good situation where we cleared the air, awesome. but it's just like, you know, and that triggered like some old stuff for me where, you know, I'd been bullied and I'd been made fun of. And like, I'd, I'd backed away and I'd let that make me be smaller. Yeah. But whenever, when it, like I'm learning every time that there's anything that like makes you feel small, if you step up into the person that you are and you face that thing, man, you grow. And on the other side of that, there was just so much freedom and there was so much like, Oh my gosh. Okay. But like there was so much discomfort For sure. towards that. Like I, you know, my heart was just, I was just like remembering my mental training. I was remembering, okay. I am uncomfortable and I'm going to just yep. breathe. And the best part, best part of that whole thing, man, is that you, that your daughter got to see it too. 
Oh man, and right before she's like, daddy, pick me up. I think you should hold me while you talk to him. Like there's so many little things that she did that uh, yeah. just, it was like, God, yeah. you spoke through her and yeah. used her to help me grow. It was just. Well, and, the, it did, and a lot of times we need to listen to our, the, the young ones more often too, man, because they haven't, you know, necessarily added all that baggage that we have and all that stuff that we're talking about having to chip away. You know, if they haven't developed all that yet, they're more in tune with just kind of intuition in general and how humans really operate. You know, they know, they know, like, look, this is, she didn't know why she knew, but she knew that that was a smart move. You know, it's a, it's beautiful, man. I love that. Um, and good for you for again, pushing forward. Cause again, the, the fact that she got to see that, and I know she's three, but that, you know, is whether she remembers that exact scenario or not, the, the message is, is going to be received. Um, you know, and that's something as parents, we need to, we need to remember that they're always those, those little ones are watching, man. And so, um, you know, again, this, like just this here acting is not just for my kids, but it's the process of even if this whole thing fell down, man, it's the process of them remembering like, look, dad believed in something enough to go ahead and go, okay, well, we need to actually step forward and do it, you know, and that's what you did. So yeah, kudos to you, man. That's, that's good stuff. And it's a good thing. Things didn't go a little more sideways and squirrely on the first go around too. Cause that's, that's a whole different lesson learned too. So good for you. Yeah, that's cool. That gets me fired up. Just listening to that. Thanks, man. But speaking to that anxiety, because that's that's something yeah. that I've definitely experienced a lot of in my life. And what, what really became present just now, what you were sharing is what you said, belief. And it's like we experience that anxiety. I experience that anxiety when I'm bumping up into my belief walls, yeah. my identity walls of like what I think is possible for yep. me. And, yep. and like, and that's where like we can, we have a choice. And I, I now I'm so grateful that I've learned that that I choose to step into that. I choose to step into that discomfort. And with that anxiety, realizing that like, that's not like anxiety. We say, Oh, I've got a disorder, right? No, like you're, that's your fight or flight kicking in. That's your, that's what, what happens before we grow. And that's looking, it's, we're beginning to shift our gaze from like, what's wrong, what's missing, what's bad, what's broken to what do I want? And, For sure. and, and like, what are my strengths? And so like, For sure. yeah, we, but dude, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to get too far onto the soapbox, but we got to get out of this whole everything's a disorder, you know, culture, man. I mean, yeah, I'm anxious. So that's a disorder. No, it's called being human, dude. Sometimes things make you anxious and then you go through it and you learn to build resilience by going through it. Right. And, and our young boys, well, they have attention deficit disorder. Now they're young boys. Like they're young boys. They don't want to sit there and listen to something that's boring. You know, I have these parents, parents all the time and, and not really here, but yeah. previous that are just like, oh, my child, you know, he can't sit still, can't do all this, can't do that. You know, so at school, so they want to medicate him. And I'm like, cool, man. So he can't keep attention. They're like, nope, not at all. What does he do when he gets home? Well, he jumps on and plays video games and he'll do that for five hours. I'm like, okay, cool. So there's not an attention issue. There's a, he doesn't care about what's going on issue. Right. And that's an entertainment issue. There's an entertainment issue. Interest issue. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, man, I love that. Um, I know we don't, I know we got about like 12 minutes here because I know you've got another thing you got to jump on too. So I want to, I want to touch on some of this other stuff too. So you talked about that physical transformation. Give us the brief kind of what, what is that physical is obviously physical, the physical mental connection is a big deal for you. So what does that physical component look like for you right now? Oh man, like exercise is my anti-anxiety, yeah. it's my antidepressant, it's my antipsychotic, it's my yeah. anti-everything. And, and it, it was so funny yesterday, I went into that little spin because I, I decided to skip my exercise because I had a, another call that I ended up moving up. And so, but I think it's really under, important to understand the cybernetic loop, loop of the mind and the body. 
So um, our, what we do in our mind affects our body and what we do in our body affects our mind. So if we're like, and if we can't, if we're not where we want to be, we got to change one of those things. We got to change what we're thinking about, what we're focused on, or we got to change what we're doing with our body. Like Tony Robbins talked about, we got to change our focus. We got to change our physiology. So yep. for me, like, it's just like exercise is a non-negotiable and, and I, I seek to do it every day, you know, yeah. for, for minimum 15, sometimes 30, 45, I, I've really developed a love for running. Um, over time, I used to hate running, yeah. you know, and, and that's funny, dude. I hear people all the time say, Oh, I hate running. And they state it like it's a part of their personality. Like it's like, this <laughs> yeah. was a baby who was born and hated running. Right. It's like, yeah, our, our whole person. So is just self-created decision we made. So, um, but yeah, for me, um, I've been able to really let go of a lot of the shame and the guilt around it and, and do it just as a natural expression and, and a part of the maintenance of the human form that's required. Yeah. Right. It's like you, you put gas in your car, you put food in your body, you, you know, change the oil and take care of it. You do yeah. the thing, you, you take care of your body and, and then you get the most use out of it. You get yeah. the best use out of it. You get the best experience with it. Um, so yeah, I feel like exercise is, is one of the most important and our physical health is one of the most important uh, ways that we can really experience the full measure yeah. of, of, of yeah, I agree. I mean, I yeah. think it's a natural component. It's not something that it should be an added to do list. It's really what we're created to do in the first place. Right. And so now we're in this weird culture where everything we do doesn't take activity. And so then it's put us in this weird spot where now we have to manifest it. So, but being consistent on that, and we've had a lot of, you know, Erwan LaCour, right. Founder of MoveNet. And, um, we had Ben Greenfield last week. Um, a lot of these guys and this talking about the same thing, man. It is, it is just, it's, what we're meant to do and you're not going to reach full potential on anything else unless that's an incorporated part of your life. I mean, it just is. And I want to say this thing on it is coming from someone who's been very, very overweight and spoke, spoken to a lot of people. Yeah. We've got to let go of the shame yeah. around it. And we got to realize it's for everyone. It's for us. And that, that we were designed, I believe every one of us was created to live in a healthy, vibrant, energetic body for at least a hundred years. Yeah, and if, if we're experiencing anything other than that, it's not that we're bad or we're wrong or there's something flawed with us. It was just something that happened and we didn't quite, and we, at any moment we can choose to take it on and to transform it and move in the direction of, we just got to believe that it's possible for us and let go of that shame. Totally, man. hundred percent and make that and make that choice. So next question kind of shifts gears a little bit again. So if somebody is now making the choice to their, let's say they're 18 or they are 22, they're just graduating high school, they're just graduating, graduating college, they're looking to get into a similar space and in their choice, they're like, Hey, Alex, I want to come work for you. Hmm. I want to come work for you. I love what you're doing. I want to help you build the business. Um, I want to help you in, in your mission. What do you want to see from that young person that makes you go, okay, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take a chance on, on you. Yeah. Um, I want to see initiative. I want to see people who have chosen to grow and develop themselves, right? People that are actively learning, um, you know, and pursuing their own, their own passion. And, and I want to fulfill that. And they've, you know, kind of spent some time discovering what, what makes them come alive the most, what, you know, what's their zone of genius so that they can function and flow in that. Um, and if, if they want to come work with me, I, I love that. I love that idea. I know that, you know, I need to build a team as I grow, but it's not just about like, Hey, I want to help your mission. It's like, okay, what, what aspect 
that really speaks to your heart? Are you more of a detail organization person? Is that what you really want to do and develop that and just be, be the best that you can be at that? Or are you, do you like want to do this kind of work? Do you want to do coaching? Well, there's, that's a different path. Like what calls to you? And I think really spending some time, you know, I would, I would point them in the direction of self-awareness and, and a couple books and then uh, have them come back and tell me what they feel like is their, their true hearts calling and desire and why, like, I would want to know their why, like, why, like, what about this and how does this connect to you and how does, you know, being a part of this fulfill your life's purpose and move you in the direction of, you know, what you were created for. I love that, man. I love that. And that speaks directly to, you know, again, kind of the act and philosophy too, right. Of, of wanting to find out as early as humanly possible. You know, I always tell our parents, they're not necessarily going to come out of here at 18 and have life all figured out. Like that's not the way it works. By the way, you're 50, you don't have life all figured out either. Right. It's, but they're going to have a better idea of who they are, what that self-awareness, what that superhero power of theirs is. Um, and it'll be a much more focused, Um, you know, life thereafter kind of deal. So I love the fact that you're recognizing that too, is that look, the mission can always be the boss, but everybody's going to have a specific piece of that mission that speaks more to them. And the most effective team is going to be built up of a bunch of people that, you know, have taken different parts of that mission, you know, to move forward. So yeah, I love that, man. I think that's super cool. Um, Gosh, I know we only have about five minutes. I want to fire through a couple of those. So I want to talk about discipline real quick. And we we mentioned a little bit earlier, the difference between discipline and motivation and and kind of talking about happiness versus contentment and all that. But in in terms of discipline, what is something that you're developing discipline around right now that maybe you don't love, but you're like, you know what, this, I got to be disciplined to do this. This is part of the job to get to where I want to go. Mm. Um, I think for me, uh, a lesson my uncle shared with me is something that's present is being ruthless with time and gracious with people. Um, I, I see myself like I'm, I'm kind of a people pleaser by, you know, by my nature, you know, and I will kind of bend over backwards and put what, what is needs to get done or what I'm, you know, most important for me on the back burner to, to serve and to please other people, including, and like my wife and kids. And and sometimes it's like what I need to go do is in service is really ultimately in a higher service of them. But it, it sort of means like, like for instance, today, waking my wife up a little bit early, you know, I'd like to let her sleep till 10 or 11 because we got a newborn. So, so I think it's, uh, it's being disciplined with myself and managing myself within time, um, while being really gracious with people. Um, the other thing is just, for me, it's 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 the constant process of letting go of of the self, the the negative self talk and, and self abuse. I think, you know, and letting go of the shame that I create. Like, you know, there was a time when if I didn't work out or I didn't accomplish what I wanted to get done in the day, like I would just be in such a terrible mental place because I would be just beating myself up. So it's it's letting go of that um, and and creating reality from a place of peace. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Um... Uh, and I uh, can definitely can definitely relate to that, but I like your perspective on keeping the long tail and understanding that sometimes the long tail play in the moment is more impactful for your family than than that short term whatever it is. And there's a balance there. There's a balance of that because you can't always be thinking long term to where you never spend any time with anybody, right? So it's just being aware of that balance kind of deal like that. Um, this question number eight is my favorite question, bar none uh, of all the questions that the youth came up with. So what's a piece of common knowledge, something that everybody knows is true, but Alex Hayden goes, yeah, cool, man. I'm glad everybody knows that, but I disagree. Where are you, where are you counterculture? Yeah. So I was thinking about that 
And I feel like it's the, the idea of, and it's kind of con contrarian to some of the thing, but the work hard, like, like, I feel like we do like hard work is important, but at a certain point when you're doing work, that is your soul's like, it's not hard. Yeah. And so I think we don't need to work so hard. We need to let go of working hard so that we can work in flow. Yeah. Right. Like the whole kind of goal of, of a lot of what I do is, is helping people to create harmonious flow in their life. And you can work really, really hard, quote unquote, but it doesn't feel really, really hard when you're in flow and when you're, you know, when you're having fun and when you're doing what you love. So, um, yeah, I just feel like letting go of the, like the struggle and the strive and the grind and, and letting that go for, for the peace and the harmony and the, it's like the effortless yeah. effort. And you got to be, you got to be aware of what that looks like for you. You've got to have that intentionality on that. It reminded me, your answer reminded me of, um, so we had Ryan Mickler on, right? Like order of man. Um, yeah. and that was one of the things he said, he's like, yeah, you can work really, really hard at banging your head against the wall, but you know, it's pretty, we can argue that that might not be the best use of your time and that it might not be the way you need to work hard. And so that kind of reminds me of what you're saying is kind of that intentionality. Cause you're right. If your focus is in the right spot and you know, and you're kind of in that flow state, as you put it, um, it's a whole different, that's a whole different experience, right? Yeah. A whole different deal. I like that. So I know we only have a couple minutes, man, but I want to, I want to, before we let people know where to, um, find you, where to follow you, man, what, if you got, if you've got the headstone that's coming out right now and you've got kind of your go-to look, if you only hear one thing that Alex ever has to say, I want it to be this, whether that's like a go-to quote, a go-to mm -hmm. saying for yourself, something that you want to leave your legacy quote that you want to leave for everybody else. What is that thought? What is that quote? What do you, um, what do you kind of gravitate towards on that? Mm -hmm. What's coming to mind for me is a quote that I probably share more than any other quote. And I know I'll come up with a bunch of my own, but I'm going to yeah. use this one from Howard Thurman. And I love it. It says, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and then do that. Because what the world needs is more people who have come alive. Yeah. And, and that just, I feel like embodies like how I seek to live my life. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I think we could take a couple more minutes because there's one other thing I feel on okay, my, yeah. I, want to Ooh, man, I just want to be respectful of your time. So yeah, yeah no, please. Uh, so the thing I wanted to share was, and I, I know it was in the questions and we didn't quite get to it just around the idea of money, because I think a lot of, you know, yeah. youth of today and, and yep. you know, adults that I work with, the looking at our relationship with money and, and how we see it and how we feel about it is so, so important to, to create healing around that, to create a positive frame around that and to, and to disentangle our self-worth from the money, right? I think so many of us in society tends to judge people by, you know, how much they make and yeah. how much they've created or what, yeah. you know, and, and I think that that's really unhealthy. Um, I think it drives a lot of, it, it does drive a lot of men especially, but a lot of people to succeed at a really high level to prove their worth and value. Um, but one of the questions was, you know, you asked about, uh, you know, 
what financial advice? Yeah, financial advice for him. That's one thing. And so we did. We kind of, I kind of to try to be again respectful of the time. I kind yeah. of passed that one, but I would love to. If you have that couple minutes, that's one of the questions I like to ask. Is yeah, a piece yeah. of financial advice. That's it is. It's ridiculously important to what we do here, and I love that that question is there. Um, so yeah, what would you tell the young folks? Yeah, I would say have an investor's mindset and create a positive relationship with money. Mm. Like look at everything that you spend money on as an investment like everything, like your food, like your, the, whatever you do, like if you've made the choice to grow in your life, you're going to invest in things like books, eventually courses, uh, coaching mentors, and any investment that you can make in yourself and you growing is one of the best investments that you can make. Cause then you're expanding your capacity to contribute, to create, to enjoy, to, to serve. And I think that's ultimately kind of the the purpose of life. I like to simplify purpose of life with my clients to love and serve, yeah. right? To become the best version of ourselves, to expand physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually so that we can expand our capacity to love and to serve. And money, just our, it's how our society works. So we want to create a positive relationship. If you have like fear, if you have a scarcity mindset around money, then you're going to hoard and protect there's a lot of biblical principles that are really good here, but if you have then an abundance mindset and, and really choose that, cultivate that abundance mindset, realize that there is, there's money everywhere. It's available. And all you need to do is learn how to add value at a high level and you can position yourself to be a conduit and to be in the flow of that so that you can contribute to things that really matter to you. Right. And so um, I think it's, yeah, developing the investing mindset, uh, choosing to, to adopt and cultivate an abundance mindset. Um, and then just, and, and I like to use the word relationship with it too. And that's something yeah. So Matt, and I think Maddie a is a mutual uh, friend of ours too, right? Yeah. So Maddie's a brilliant guy and he's of course local here to me. So we got to sit down and, and chat. And that was one of the things that he referred to as, uh, you know, how he looks at money as a relationship as well and saying you wouldn't, you know, if you have a relationship with something, you are interacting with it. You actually have to pay attention because we do have, you know, we have a number of of youth too who maybe come out of, you know, good socioeconomic situations. And so they've got a very positive view of money, but they don't yeah. have a relationship with it, meaning they don't understand it. Yeah. They don't understand that it that there is, yes, there's an abundance of it out there, but then also there is that part that you mentioned. You provide value in order for it to come. It's not just going to continue to come. You know, one of the things that we're doing right now with our launch patterns is this whole, like they're having to source um, apartments and figure out how much those cost and then take a look at, okay, what's the car you're going to drive? Great. It's going to be this. This is how much that costs per month. Oh, by the way, there's insurance on this. And they're going, wait a second, insurance is how much? Car payments are how much? Rent is how much? Food is how much? You know, because they've always had this provided. So if you're not paying attention to those things, you're missing out on that relationship piece, you're in trouble. And to build on that, I think it's really important to understand, to look at where kind of where you came from and what are the, the pre, like what are the beliefs yeah. that were instilled around money? Because the people who enjoy like, and have an ease around making money, they, they think and they believe in different ways. Right. And if we have thoughts and beliefs that are from scarcity and lack, yep. the way through is we've got to break those rules that we have about money. You know, so when that, when those kids come up and they say, oh my gosh, what is this? Like they're, they're having that internal resistance to it. They're like, oh, that's so much. And it's like instantly taking them into a, a scarcity of fear place. Like, how do I come up with that? But that's just putting them right up against their belief walls. And so, um, 
yeah, I think as we as we experience our our walls and our limits to what we think is possible, those are the rules that we need to break to go through. And I could go on that for more, but I love yeah. that. I love that. That's so good. And I don't think that's that's not just in money. That's life in general, man. Yeah. Uh, get out of those beliefs and break those rules. Dude, where can we find some more about what you got going on? Where can people follow you, hear from you, learn more from you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Facebook, feel free to find me, friend me, send me a message. I'd love to respond and contribute in any way that I can. Uh, my website is realresultsacademy.com. And uh, if anything that I said resonated, people can book a complimentary fulfillment coaching session there uh, where I'd love to just have a conversation and see what we might be able to unlock or create together. Uh, so yeah, those are the best places. I love it, man. Thank you so much, brother. I know you got to yeah. jump off and stuff too, but it's always so good to chat with you, man. So good to connect. Um, and, and it's great to know that you're on this, this journey too, that I can, I can be a part of this too, man. And just, you know, chat with you and bounce ideas around and stuff too. So, uh, very grateful for you, man. Likewise, brother. So grateful for you. Grateful for the opportunity to be here and contribute. There you go, guys. Alex Hayden. So check him out and please don't forget review the podcast share the podcast let people know about the podcast anything you can do to spread the word uh, just helps us out but it ultimately helps out the kiddos so thank you guys for listening we'll catch you next time